Welcome to the Awakened City podcast. If you're listening on your favourite podcasting app, welcome. Uh, or if you're watching on YouTube, it's great to have you with us. Uh, if you haven't had a look at the YouTube yet, have a look. All of Michael's uh, recent sermons are all there as well. Uh, so if you want to catch up on any part of the series, Sexuality and the Gospel, you can do that. Yeah. So welcome, Michael. It's good to be here. Yeah, so we've had heaps of hits on this series. Yeah. What sort of feedback have you had from people? Uh, yeah, mostly like really good feedback um just people uh whole mindset's been shifted around um especially the shame guilt Mm. fear aspects of sexuality and just seeing um seeing i guess god in a different light in relation to sexuality and um and seeing themselves in a different light and being able to um embrace honest conversations mm-hmm. and actually go this is okay to talk about yeah. and um and it's been really set free from that and and in particular i've heard probably the most feedback around um really um just the scars and damage that mm-hmm. some of the purity narrative has has caused for yeah. them um and so yeah so that's been been really good yeah I mean, some some people said you know people that have visited mm-hmm. have just said man you got guts talking about this <laughs> you know um and you know so i think um yeah it's just generally really good good feedback yeah great uh, so the first couple of questions that we have uh this week is just people clarifying um a few things that have been said um, and i think it's yep. great to have those discussions yeah totally uh, so the first question it seems from the recent squadcast that purity is a bad thing and sex before marriage is being promoted the reference to the pottery with the gold where you said it's almost better to have been broken first i.e have had sex before marriage uh, they had to have never been broken in the first place, stayed pure. Uh, also, marriages of those who stay pure almost mocked and shed in a bad light as opposed to those who didn't stay pure. Are those marriages without issues? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, firstly, I just want to, like, at the start of the series, yeah. I said there's a good chance that people are going to hear what I'm not saying. Yeah, that's right. Um, so this is a, probably a good example where someone has picked up on something that, mm-hmm. I'm, that I'm not saying. Um, uh, and I, 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 like, and I think even last week in the squadcast, like I clearly said, hey, I, I don't think sex before marriage is a good mm-hmm. thing. Um, you know, I think scripture is clear yeah. on this. My, I guess the thing that I'm wanting to push back on a little bit is, is what's the bigger story, what's the bigger mm-hmm. narrative, so that um, we have a good why yeah. around um, why that is. And, and I think when, um, so for me, like if we think about sexuality holistically, that, that God has crafted and designed us as sexually embodied mm-hmm. people and all of that points to who God is, his nature and his character and, and if I'm someone who is called to be an image bearer of God mm-hmm. then I need to take sexuality seriously right. um, and, and so I'm, as a follower of Jesus I'm, I've made this decision that I want to live in, uh, with allegiance to him, you know, mm-hmm. obedient loyalty to him and so um, and, and I want to I wanna, be a witness to the kingdom, and so that means that there are things that I I choose to ob- abstain mm-hmm. from. But because I've got a bigger vision, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's um, in uh, I can't remember what passage it, it talks about. Um, those without a vision um, cast off restraint. 
Yeah. And so, in other words, if you don't have a bigger vision mm -hmm. for your life, you'll live without restraint. That's right. But when you have a bigger vision for who is the person I want to be, what sort of husband mm. do I want to be, yeah. what sort of person do I want to be as a, as a father, then we, we actually start to live with restraint. And it also gives that restraint purpose. That's true. You know, and so, and, and so I'm a person who wants to live with the grain of the kingdom. Mm. And there are some, some things, especially with regards to sexuality, that would mean that we are cutting across the grain of the flow of the kingdom. Yeah. And, and we know that when we live in the flow of the kingdom, the kingdom is righteousness, peace, mm -hmm. and joy. So we're, the benefits of going with the flow of the kingdom is that we have right relationship with God, right mm -hmm. relationship with one another, right relationship with creation around us. And we have peace with God, peace mm -hmm. with those around us. And we have this inexplainable joy that's on the inside of us. Um, and so they are, they are the fruits of living with the grain. Yeah. And so things like sex before marriage, I think, is, is cutting across the grain. Totally. It's choosing to cut across the grain of, of God's design for human flourishing. Um, and so, so I'm definitely not saying, <laughs> saying that. I, I'm just wanting to give a better and bigger picture for That's people that, so they can have this vision that goes, oh, this makes sense. Yeah. This makes sense why I would want to live with this restraint mm -hmm. around who I am as a sex sexually embodied person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's just that uh, the purity narrative guarantees a little bit, eh, that you're going to have this great marriage, yes. this great sex life. And I think that's kind of what we're trying to communicate. It's actually, it's actually messed up a lot of couples yeah. rather than empowering them to have those great. Yeah, um, yeah. And there are plenty of couples who did live together or did have sex before marriage who have worked on their stuff and have great marriages now. Um, so just... It doesn't guarantee you're going to have an awful marriage either. No, no, that's right. And I think uh, for me, again, just hearing the question, there is a real focus on um, um, purity means no sex before marriage. Mm. But this is like bring bring yourself out a little bit because this is so much more broader than that. Yes. That's why I'm trying to like push it. Like purity is not the goal. Wholeness is. Mm. Part of being a whole person is not giving yourself away that's right. to a whole lot of people, which is why, you know, but... but I, I, I just want to like I guess what we're doing is trying to push back on the purity narrative in the sense that it was just focused on sex before marriage. That's right. Marriage was the deadline. You just had to make it to them. But actually, yeah. wholeness and purity is, is a lifelong. Totally. Becoming like yeah. Jesus is a yeah. lifelong. Thing. So for me, it's almost like it's like looking at the Ten Commandments and going, okay, uh, don't murder anyone, don't <laughs> steal. Um, you know, you, you can go through the list of, of ten things and. and the problem is, if I just look at those 10 things, I could obey those 10 things and be a horrible father, a horrible friend, a horrible, right. you know. Um, but what Jesus did is actually take mm. those and help us to see the greater motivation yeah. behind those things. Say, look, even if you have anger in your heart towards a person, it's like you are murdering them, you know. And so as you're saying, this is way deeper. That's right. That, so what, I guess that's what we're trying to say. This is way deeper than just sex before marriage. That's right. Like if, do you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. yeah, like let's actually set the bar of wholeness um, higher than just that thing. That's it. And, and, you know, we want, we want to be whole people who are image bearers of this good and beautiful God. Mm, that's great. Yeah. Great. So uh, yesterday you talked about Leslie, who yep. uh, is a person that uh, Preston Sprinkle talks a lot about in his books and yep. various things. Uh, so someone asked this question, they said, why do you refer to Leslie as she when you spoke about after she transitioned to male? 
um, compassion, love, and walking with, um, I would have thought that it would look like using the pronouns they associate with. Or did Leslie choose she, her to be ongoing? Or am I totally missing this? Yeah, you know, that's a, um, a really good observation and question. Mm. Um, and, and actually, I, I need to apologise because I missed it. Mm. Um, so I've, heard, I've listened to Leslie's story a number of times. Um, but uh, currently, Leslie mm. still identifies as they, them. Um, and and so uh, even though um, uh, I'm I'm not 100% sure on where they are at in in their transition, um, mm -hmm. but uh, they currently identify as they them, and so that's that's my fault that I actually missed that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think it was a great question. You know, that shows that the person who asked it is wrestling with some of this as well. They're trying to yes. potentially get it. And yeah. I think we've got a lot of people in their congregation who are. This is reality. They're trying to get the pronouns right and respect people. Mm. Um, yeah, how do we do that more? Yeah, I mean that's a good question, and um, I mean the, the pronoun question is actually quite a little bit controversial, especially mm. I, I think in um, well we would think in church circles, but it's actually controversial um, everywhere. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, so. My response would be this, that there are, but some people are just really blunt about it. Well, I'm never going to call anyone by their preferred pronoun. And, and I think we have to push back a little bit on that. What I've discovered with most people that would have that position is they, they have yet to genuinely engage with someone who's mm. identifying it as trans. Um, and it's, so it's an idea. Yeah. This is what I would... Do mm -hmm. this not what this is what I do in my current experience as I engage with trans people to love them and care right. for them. Um, so I, so I think there has to be this element of like let's understand what would happen in a social environment. So someone comes up to you and says hi, I'm, I'm Steve, um, and you might look at them and go, okay, I I don't think um, this person is biological biologically a male right. I, you know um, what is your response are you going to go excuse me I don't think that you're a male can you please tell me your original name so that I can call you by that um, some people might do that me personally I just go great to meet you Steve yeah um, you know then there's this element of like um, when it's when it's personal mm -hmm. you know you're actually engaging with someone in a gen for the desire of understanding them of knowing them of caring for them, loving for them. Um, and you might have a conversation with them around, um, you know, where they are at, mm -hmm. you know, why do they prefer to be, uh, have this pronoun or be called by this name? What's their journey been? Um, and I, I think, uh, my personal conviction is this, I think everyone should be free to make their own decisions mm -hmm. about that. I mean, hey, which Bible verse do we go to to figure this one out? Do you know what I mean? Like that's, we, we, it, this is something we have to wrestle with. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, so my personal conviction is that uh, as a general rule, I'm quite comfortable to just call someone by the name that they present um, yeah. to myself. Um, but there is a lot of, um, uh, I guess, um, there's a lot of complexity around it and um, and there would even be pushback, I think, from uh, some people in the, in the medical field um, and psychological field that are actually saying, when it comes to parents mm -hmm. and their children, um, 
there needs to be a little bit more conversation around this. Um, some of the studies are showing that actually um, um, choosing to use their preferred pronoun and, and some, especially if they're you know, gender fluid or whatever, mm-hmm. and it can be changing regularly, that they're actually saying that that's actually not helpful for the wow. child. Um, and so, so what I would say to this, it is complex. Yeah. And everything, I think, has to be done on an individual basis. Yeah, absolutely. Who is this person that is in front of me? How can I love and care for them mm. well? And, and start there. Um, for me, if I'm saying um, I, I want to be carry the, the, the grace and truth of Jesus. So we want to be a community that say neither do we condemn you. Mm. Uh, but we also want to be a community that as we walk with people are able to empower people to go and sin no more. You know, yeah. like this is the model that Jesus has given us. Um, so for me personally, when I first meet someone, neither do I condemn you. Yeah. You know, your journey so far, this, thus far in your life, yeah. um, neither do I condemn you. You know, I'm, I'm not going to start saying, well, I'm going to call you this. Well, mm. I, just, I just think there's a little bit of, um, there's a little bit of, I want my way here, um, a little bit, I know, I know better than you yeah. kind of stuff. And I, I just don't know if that's particularly helpful. Yeah. That's good. That's good. All right, so a question came through yesterday. So what influence does academia have on the transformation of the thinking of young people from a conventional way of living in exchange for an alternative lifestyle? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. So for me, first and foremost, um, uh, we would be starting to step into, I guess, what I would kind of call the, the cultural war um, with with the stuff. And that's not, I'm, I'm happy to respond to the question, but I'm, that's not the purpose of our series. The purpose of our series is, is how do we rise above the culture war mm-hmm. and be the redemptive community that Jesus has called us to be. And and I, I think that we live that out in a subversive way. So we are called to, like Jesus was, he was always subversive, you mm-hmm. know, and so um, so that's not been, I, I don't feel like we need to have the loudest voice, we just need to be the most redemptive voice. And so whilst it's good to understand and, and get your head around some of this stuff, um, I'm, that's not personally the goal of this series. Um, more so for me, it's like, how do we as a church love the person that walked in the that's door right. this morning? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we, we don't need to have all the academia head knowledge to love someone. Yeah. I, I, you know, and for most of us, we're not going to be able to hold that head knowledge in our heads. No. Um, it's going to get in the way of us loving people. No, 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 totally, yeah. And, and so I, I think, well, as far as, so as far as academia, yes, significant influence, and um, it would be fair to say that uh, there, is, um, there isn't consensus either mm. in, in academia. Um, there are... Uh, lots of different ideas. Lots. Of, there's, mm-hmm. like I mentioned on Sunday, there's the the idea of um, rapid onset gender dysphoria, um, which is a controversial idea. Uh, some people think it's a, a real thing. So, so rapid onset gender dysphoria is the idea that um, that uh, uh, that there's social influence with regards to trans identity, and that that groups of of young people, uh, because of either social pressures or just wanting to fit in are identifying as trans right. and so um, and so it's it's um, and, and you've seen it now I talked to someone this morning who said they've got a, a friend who their their daughter is the only one in their peer group who isn't identifying as trans wow, interesting um, yeah and so uh, and so 
um, that is controversial because mm. it doesn't fit the narrative, yeah. um, which is you know why it's controversial. Um, but uh, Preston Sprinkle has quite a bit of stuff on that. In fact, I have the whole uh, study mm-hmm. on on it if someone is interested in having a look at that. Um, so, so there's all of that sort of stuff. But there's there's even um, uh, in the UK at the moment. Uh, I listened to a woman recently who is a paediatrician, but um, it works mainly in around with LGBT um, young people, and and she is saying over there at least um, what's happening in the schools is is they have stepped far ahead of where mm. the science and um, you know the medical field, the scientific field, and the psychology field are comfortable. They're, they're going further than right. what. And so some of the things they're saying, no, no, you've gone too far with this. Actually, we need to back the truck up and actually see how is this affecting our young people and what is the best outcome for our, for our young people. And so, so there's there's all of this stuff mm. um, that there isn't consensus on, um, even within the LGBT community themselves. There, right. there is there is. Uh, some that um, that think the the um, gender fluid non-binary thing is um, really unhelpful for our young people, yeah. and and this is people I've I've sat down had a coffee with, mm. um, you know, who identify as LGBT, and and they're saying oh, we're we're concerned wow. about what, how this is going for our for the young people around us. Um, so there isn't there isn't consensus, um, and so I I personally believe that. Um, like this is the thing I keep reminding myself that truth and time walk hand in hand, mm-hmm. and so I, I believe that the secular, the secular worldview, the the day of reckoning is coming, mm-hmm. and as the church, are we going to be, uh, are we going to stand up and go, oh, that's right, we told you, or are we just going to be the people that were the the non anxious, beautiful presence yeah. of Jesus in the midst of that, going, hey, there's another way, yeah, you know, come. Let us let us love you. Let us care for you. Let us show you that there is a redemptive answer. His name is Jesus. That's awesome. Yeah. And kind of on that topic, so for a lot of people, I'm one of them. Uh, church hasn't always been a safe place. Yes. Yeah. Um, how do we become safe people so that as ones are coming through our doors, as people who are already in their congregations say, "Hey, I'm struggling with this," or "This trauma happened to me." How do we be safe people when the church traditionally has not always been a safe place? Yeah, yeah, and that's a great question, and I think it's something the church has to wrestle with. And this is this goes far beyond LGBT. Mm, you know, absolutely. Like you know, um, you know, right now in, in New Zealand, there's a, a massive inquiry going on, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of churches um, and, and other organisations, but a lot of churches are having to give an account for how they have dealt with. Um, sexual abuse um, and and all sorts of other you know types of abuse within the church context um, and and um, because often unfortunately it hasn't been safe things have been swept under the carpet things have been people have been moved aside and, and all of that sort of thing and so it's a much broader conversation but a very relevant conversation um, because we do need to be safe mm-hmm. and what does it actually mean to be a safe person for someone who is hurting, mm. um, and that could be from any type of uh, abuse or trauma. And I, I think the first thing I, I always remind myself: okay, so I'm I'm becoming like Jesus, and Jesus shows me what God is like. God is love. 
so my primary focus is, and, and I love in, in, the, in especially in the New Testament, every time Paul or Peter unpacks a, like spiritual maturity, they always end with agape, yeah. that we are becoming love. And so I think like the first, um, the first rule of love, or the first act of love is to listen. So just to hear someone's story, and I think that's re- for me, that's really relevant as well when we think about pronouns. Yes. Like, do I just want to be right, or do I want to understand this person? Yeah. Do I want to listen to them? Um, and so, you know, so I would again just to maybe bring come back to that. Say, if if you're a person who um, decides for whatever reason your conviction is, I I I don't want. I feel it's not the right thing to call someone by their preferred pronoun. Um, Generally, if you take that position, you're probably going to actively avoid anyone from the LGBT yeah. community just because you you just probably don't want to be awkward, yeah. and so you're just going to actively avoid. Um, but if you do want to engage, mm. and that's your position, this is what I would say. Take them out for lunch and tell them why. Correct. Just be honest. Don't avoid or make awkward yeah. or just be belligerent about it. Yes. Go and love them Correct. And, and explain to them why. You know, um, and, I, and I think that would be an appropriate response. Um, but yeah, so so we we need to be people who listen, mm-hmm. whose goal is to understand this is where someone's come from, this is their story, and then we want not to fix them, but to help them be formed in the story of Jesus. Absolutely, yeah. that's good. Yeah, it's great. There's all the questions we have here this week. Any final thoughts that you want to share? Um, yeah, I mean, I would just say, like, obviously Sunday I talked about um, LGBT. I only just scratched the surface. Mm. I mean, all of these, I'm only just scratching the surface. And so if people are like, oh, you should have talked about that, you didn't talk about that, um, you know, I, I'm spending a lot of time um, bringing myself back. What was the purpose of the series? Mm. The, the purpose is that we could be a redemptive community. And so I've had to bring myself back to that continually, because otherwise I could go down rabbit holes and go, um, you know, well, we need to understand all of this stuff. And, and while that's helpful, um, it, the, the purpose is if we, we want to be a redemptive community and so I think um, I hope that out of this we're going to have one, two, three, maybe four people or something in our community who go um, I, I want to pursue this further right. I, I want to be that person yeah. who is, is a safe place mm. um, and, and so I'm, I want to do some more I want to understand better yeah. And I'd love to engage with those people because I've got, I could have conversations for hours about the stuff <laughs> and, and unpack stuff. But I'm not interested in someone that just wants to debate it or yeah. get into the nitty gritty for the sake of getting, no, no, no. If you want to be a safe person mm-hmm. um, for people from the LGBT community, then I'd love to engage further. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Thanks for joining us on the Squadcast. Have a great week. See you later. Cool. Well, this one. <laughs> <clears throat> I like a frog in my throat for like most of that. Cool. What do you think, Josh? <laughs>